Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Greetings, salutations, welcome in Sports Talk Midweek Wednesday Edition. I am Scott Beatty here at hour number one. Lauren Tate is with us. Hour number two, Evan Kahn is in. This hour, we talk some Illinois football with Robert Rosenthal from IlliniBoard.com. Next hour, we'll talk baseball with Joe Madden, the longtime big league manager. And author of a new book that just came out called The Book of Joe. We are looking forward to both those conversations coming up. Lauren Tate, living the jet life, Mm -hmm. and is back in town after the quick jaunt up to the Twin Cities in Minnesota for Big Ten Media Days. We've got that to talk about. We've also got some news of news forthcoming today. Tomorrow, the media and... uh, Subsequently, the rest of the world will learn about a, quote, major facility project to be announced by Illinois tomorrow afternoon at 2.30. So uh, at this point, speculation is running rampant about what that would be. Your guess is as good as mine, sir. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what is. I, I have no idea. I, I thought the last time we talked to uh, Whitman was only a couple of weeks ago. That um, they were there was no new projects that they were going to just be diving into immediately. I just I think we left with that uh, impression. But um, are they doing something for volleyball? Are they doing something for the, at the stadium? Is, is baseball going to be upgraded? I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's anybody's guess. I don't know. It is it is anybody's guess, and I promise you, I have no information. So I'm uh, so at, at the risk of uh, speculating. My 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 thought is it would be for Memorial Stadium to finish what they intended to do all along. Well, now the, you're talking s- about many, 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 many. I know, and I don't know if that's in the cards so or not. Ra- they must have raised the money somewhere in order yeah. to start something like that. That's yeah. that's huge. But it's it's but, uh, it can't be basketball. I mean, they're just finishing up and now, and and yeah. and, and State Farm was recently re- redone. We all know that Huff Hall has its charm, but it's hard to get to and. Uh, maybe you know there's just better facilities than what what it can provide at this standpoint. Even though they've done so much to upgrade the look there, they had a plan, and then the the uh, the plan downtown fell through the hockey plan, and of course volleyball was a big part of that. As you know, as were uh, wrestling and gymnastics. Now the wrestling is going on is going to be at the State Farm Center again this year, and so. I'm not sure that's what they want necessarily. It's an awful big place for for wrestling. But. Yeah, it is. I would think that if it is something for those sports, volleyball, wrestling, gymnastics, et cetera, they'd, they'd share a venue. I've been asking, is there room next to Bielefeld uh, on, the, on the, let's just say, the 
the corner from BFL, is there room for another building? I there? don't know enough about the engineering of it because that's a retention area for water, mm-hmm. but certainly the land space is there. I've personally wondered about the area between First and Oak Street um, on the west side of Memorial Stadium and Grange Grove. Uh, if you cross the street, lot 31, but there's a lot of tailgaters right there. So mm-hmm. I'm not saying, I'm just saying there's open space there. There sure is. And you got parking lots to the awful west of State of par- Farm Center. That's an awful lot of area for just six or seven games. And <laughs> I mean, there's nothing else goes on there. Yeah. It's just wasted land of the rest. And it's right next to the stadium. Nobody's got better uh, tailgate situation than Illinois. Yeah, I don't think so. Uh, I haven't been to every place. That doesn't mean we're not going to complain about it, but it's still the best. Yeah. So, again, we do not know what the announcement is. Um, I'm not even saying that in a way in which we really know, but we don't. But we have to say we don't know. Like, we really don't know. This has been kept under wraps. I, I'm going to switch over to basketball yeah. just a hair here just uh, because I heard so much basketball in the last two days. I heard from all 14 men's coaches and women's coaches, too. And the thing that I come away with is that based on personnel, and Illinois lost key personnel, particularly Kofi, the Illinois wasn't the same team without Kofi last year. We know that. Right. And why was why is Illinois ranked number two in the country? And In the conference, you mean? Yeah, I'm sorry, in the conference, yeah. And the, the statement by Underwood is this, our culture – as much as our talent explains why we are ranked, and I think that's true. I think it's the, the seeing Illinois up there three years in a row and performing the way they do in the Big Ten, I think everybody's come to the conclusion that Illinois is going to be there every year, and yet this is an entirely too new team. There are other new teams around, but and there are also some teams with, with a lot of players returning. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a league that I think is very hard to judge at this point. I mean, how good is Ohio State going to be? How good is, you know, how good is Michigan State going to be? Michigan State's only got ten players. He didn't want any transfers. He, he just decided he wanted to play with the guys he's got, and he lost a couple of really good players off this team, and so he's just going to stay with ten. I don't know. Is is Izzo doing the right thing? And they're going to find out who they are. They're playing Gonzaga. They're yeah. playing Kentucky, yeah. Villanova, Alabama. They're doing that all in their. Uh, it, 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 you have to sometimes you have to zig when others are zagging and vice versa. But I do think Illinois is giving, I want to say it's more than a benefit of a doubt because the talent is clearly there. This is clearly a roster full objectively of good basketball players for okay. Illinois. But, but how will they play everybody's together? Everybody's got somebody that did better than Melendez. And we're, we're talking about Melendez being a star, and yet he hasn't proven that yet. No. I mean, Coleman Hawkins has not proven anything yet. He hasn't. He wound up on the bench at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm i not saying they won't. I think Melinda is going to be very good. I, I think he's a comer. You, but my point is that everybody's got a Melendez. Everybody on the, in the league has got somebody that they think is, boy, this year he's six foot six. he's six seven. he's going to bust out. Let me ask you, who were we talking about at this time last year that could be a great X factor for Illinois? Well, I mean, just other than Kofi? Yeah. yeah. To me, it was Austin Hutcherson. And, well, then, all, and then he couldn't he play. He started the first game. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then he... Now, that was true. injury and, and, and what have you. And yeah. I, I'm not... So I'm not saying he was a disappointment. I'm just saying he, you know... But um, 
you know, I'm reading it right here. This is CBSSports.com, which, by the way, just predicted Illinois to finish first. I see that. Junior Coleman Hawkins could be in for a breakout season at the five as it gives the Illini far more versatile and perimeter-savvy frontcourt presence. What could possibly be the reason that everybody is jumping on it like that if it isn't the culture? It's just the it's this it's based on what has happened before. It isn't based on what we know is going to happen this year. Exactly. It's the same reason if you're thinking who's in who's your top teams next year in in football preseason. You're going to put Alabama in the top 5. Well, yeah. Why? History. <laughs> Cuz yeah, they haven't played yet. Mm-hmm. But you know they have good players. What about Wisconsin? Wisconsin was picked 10th in last year, and they tied for the Big Ten Championship. Well, that means they're going to repeat. <laughs> they always do. Yeah, they're picked, they're picked ninth in this but, poll. But, don't, you, don't you ever learn? I know. <laughs> Just like I told you with the Cardinals. Don't you ever learn? They're going to be fine, except, well, when they got to the postseason. Well, they've but. now lost nine of their last postseason games. Well, I was talking about the regular season. Oh, I know you are, but I'm, <laughs> what I'm saying is when they get in the, in the postseason – then you look at that postseason history and it changes your mind. Brad Underwood spoke yesterday at Big Ten Media Days. I did it in two parts, half the schools yesterday, half today. And, of course, those freshman guards are going to be leaned on. You know, Trev Frazier and DeMonte Williams last year could run my practice. Uh, you know, and his fifth-year guys and um, had so much respect for those guys. Um, and, uh, you know, now it's different. And uh, that leadership is going to come from uh, different areas. I love our freshmen. I'm excited about uh, uh, what they bring. We've got, um, we've got four that I think can, uh, can all help and contribute. Uh, we'll see how that manifests itself over time. But uh, uh, they'll need some help. And there's going to be some adversity. And there's going to be some speed bumps. And uh, we accept that. That's part of growth. And, uh, and yet, uh, they're, they're pretty tough, tough-minded individuals. And, and they're going to have to learn on the fly. Coleman Hawkins told us on Friday, look out for, he said, who's kind of under the radar right now? He said, Jaden, Jalen Epps. He Epps likes Jalen Epps. Epps. scoring in their last scrimmage. By the way, we're having another scrimmage Saturday. You this is internal in scrimmage. You, yeah, internal scrimmage. Why don't, you, why don't you sneak in there and see what happens? Uh, they won't, they won't <laughs> what, probably notice What will happen is they'll kick you out. <laughs> <laughs> With one foot or two. <laughs> well, but... Um, they do Colin have Hawkins little... very carefully described this year's team as structured randomness. Mm-hmm. If you're structured, that says something good about the coach. If it's just if you're just playing random, it doesn't. So if you well, put them together, it sounds okay. Random, you can go do it the why. <laughs> <laughs> well, every team, I say every team, most teams are going to go to their best player under certain circumstances, under pressure circumstances, right? You always go to your guy. And in this case, who's Illinois' guy? Is this going to be, I mean... Until I know different, it's Terrence Shannon Jr. But I am going on past history. And and what I'm reading from people that... um, Well, he wasn't the one that Texas Tech went to. So, I mean, I'm not saying that he won't be, but those two guys averaged nine, ten points a game there. And they're good players, but they weren't leaders on their team. They were members of their team and, and quality members. But uh, there's, some, there's some, a number of players coming into the league this year that averaged way up in double figures, 19, 18, 19, 20 points a game for other teams. But can they make that next step? 
On the women's side, Shauna Green, new head coach for Illinois at Media Day yesterday, asked what progress will look like for Illinois. Really, I've always been concerned about just are we getting better possession by possession, day by day, drill to drill, um, are we getting 1% better? So that was the same way, at, you know, last year when I had a veteran team knowing that we were going to compete for a championship or this year when we're trying to rebuild a program. Uh, you can't get too far ahead of yourself. You got, you got to really stay present and, and try to just get better in those moments. And then right now we're just really trying to learn how to win and, and teach them how to win and have winning ways and what the standard of excellence looks like day by day, again, possession by possession. So, you know, progress, I've said it at my press conference, I'll say it again, like we'll be good when we're good. Um, but as long as we're continuing to get better, you know, day by day, drill by drill, uh, then, then the outcome takes care of itself. So very process-driven in our mindset. She sounds like me, someone who's resigned to the long view here. No league has grown to the extent of women's Big Ten basketball. Oh, yeah. They are really, they're really blowing up. I mean, there's a, there's a half a dozen really good teams and maybe more. And while and that be, was happening, Illinois did not grow. That's right. And I don't That's know right. if anyone saw it coming, but uh, it, since yeah. Nancy Fay was hired, I mean, the Big Ten just kept exploding. And look mm-hmm. at what you have in Iowa now. You have what I would say is the women's version of Steph Curry. <laughs> all <laughs> five starters back, right. all-star center, uh, player of the year maybe at, at guard or in Caitlin. Yep. And then you got the, the players of the year from Iowa and Nebraska came in this year as freshmen. <laughs> I mean, that's the problem. They not only have the best team, they got the best recruits. So Illinois is going to be uh, trying to build from the bottom up there, yeah, and and that's really I mean, and they do have some pieces, uh, but but everybody's got a few pieces. Yeah. But behind Caitlin Clark, and behind Megan Sanzano and and all those at Iowa are are pretty good people that aren't starting, mm-hmm. and and that's where Illinois will have to build that depth, and especially if you want to play with pace. Football on the mind as well. Illinois, Minnesota, this Saturday, homecoming, a big league game. Robert Rosenthal is with us in a moment. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. Now at NewsGazette.com, Inside Illini Basketball, a weekly podcast with beat writer Scott Ritchie, who has observations on the Illini after meeting them this week. Karen Shannon looks like an injury. You've got Sports Talk, and if you want to hang out with us in Grange Grove on Saturday morning, hopefully not raining like it is right now. looks like it's going to be a mostly decent day. But if you want to hang out at our tailgate, register right now, WDWS.com. Got till tomorrow morning when we pick our winner. 8.30 a.m., tailgate opens. You do not need a ticket to the game to come to our tailgate and enjoy nice food and drink, but all the more goodness for you if you have tickets to both but anyway wdws.com there's a graphic that pops up there and you can click on that or you can just go to our contests page as well how do you like morning games robert rosenthal from illiniboard.com the 11 a.m kick the um the wake up have a nice breakfast and football and bacon and coffee and donuts and all that stuff well i used to be really really familiar with it because <laughs> you know from like uh, let's say 2010 to 2016 or so, you know, at the very beginning of the B- of BTN, you know, ESPN had that 11 o'clock game, ESPN2 had an 11 o'clock game, BTN had an 11 o'clock game, and 
they would just hammer it with Illinois games. So, you know, it used to be, gosh, a couple of years there felt like like 10 of the 12 games were were 11 a.m. Now it's changed a little bit, and BTN does some afternoon games, and they do some night games, as we just saw, and everything else. But, you know, back in the day, that was that was like every Saturday for me. And every time you look back at those old games, which weren't that long ago. Yeah, I shouldn't at, say back in the day when yeah, I'm referring but, to 2012. Yeah, but the, you see the graphics package, and you go, boy, that's old. Yes. And But that's just because everybody has to update their packages. That's correct. Every year. Can uh, that atmosphere uh, approach what we just saw with the Iowa game? I mean, we, we like Iowa a lot less. Depends yes. on what's in the coffee. Minnesota. Yes. Um, I don't know. Homecoming has always had a, a special kind of crowd. Not that it's a crazy crowd, but it's always this... Uh, more travelers. Yeah, people are coming for the first time and... and a few more sweater vests. <laughs> yeah, you just... They're just... You know, they're excited to cheer at their first game and yell at the refs and whatever, you know? So, Homecoming always has a little bit of volume to it. Let me ask you, we got several calls and comments on the post-game show. Was the Memorial Stadium crowd too loud when Illinois was on offense <laughs> okay so i'm gonna tell this story wise which is the only way i know how to do things yes so i had, my friend derek was with me uh in the stands uh he's from uh, he lives in eugene oregon now hadn't been to an illinois game had hadn't come back for a game since i believe 2007 so this is his first game in 15 years uh so just imagine that person the last game you know they went to a, he used to live in the area so he went to a ton of game in the 80s and 90s and, and, and 2000s. And then he moved out there, and he hasn't been to many games. So just imagine his surprise when he comes back. And, you know, they're, they're trying to get the crowd to do the old uh, West Balcony yells ILL, East Balcony yells INI. But the crowd doesn't understand. They have a, they have a, a woman saying ILL on the speaker, so everybody just responds with INI on both sides of the stands. <laughs> and so, he, and again, Derek is like, what? What's happened? Like... My entire life, it's West Balcony yells ILL, East Balcony yells ILL. Well, that went away about 15 years ago, Derek, and it, and it hasn't been seen. Then, you know, they're driving, and Palcho and even Sitkowski are doing the arms down thing, like, hey, everybody be quiet. And Derek's like, does our crowd not even know to get quiet on a big offensive play? And I was <laughs> like, you, you have missed a lot in the 15 <laughs> years that you have not been in this stadium. You know, there's just different things that, you know, he's asking about certain, you know, traditions that used to exist. I mean, not war chant or chief or anything. He knows all that stuff's gone. But just the normal crowd stuff. Yeah. When, when you know, the News Gazette printed those numbers of actual attendance through, you know, 2018, 2020, all that. You know, 2021, I, was, I mean. I went over that thing again this morning. Yeah. You know that it was very common to have 15,000 more tickets sold than actually showed up. Yes. Common. Yes. Happened frequently. Right. Well, and so yeah. with all of that, that's what happened, is the crowd is out of practice with college football games. And that's what was so great about Saturday night, is that people back involved. And there was a false start penalty because the crowd was too loud. Yeah. And Iowa missed a, you know, they had a, they had a, you know, the quarterback didn't see the clock and he was trying to yell over the crowd and, and they had a, uh, you know, a play clock run out. So, you know. It's just stuff that hasn't happened in a while, and it all comes with a team that's now ranked and back in the, you know, kind of in the driver's seat in the Big Ten West right now, and and everything else. But all that, that comes crowd with it. had all day to get warmed up and get yes. riled up and fired up for that game. I just wonder what it'll be like at eleven o'clock. That's that's different. The thing I wonder is what it'll be like if okay, so say you know, say Minnesota gets a kickoff and they go down and score, 
and then we throw a pick or a fumble or whatever, and they kick a field goal. It's ten nothing. Okay, you know, the, the, uh, there's a lot of scar tissue around, and how will the crowd <laughs> respond to? You know, there's a lot of good feelings right now, and there's a lot of energy. And that was the thing I noticed before the game on Saturday night that the the crowd energy was so strong. You just sense it inside the stadium. Um, but you know what happens when the first. Uh, you know, bad things happen in football games, and they're going to happen again, and it's going to happen to every team. So, you know, where where does the crowd stand when when there's a little adversity? Uh, if I could tell you definitively, and we do not know, if Art Sikowski is starting as the quarterback or Tommy DeVito is starting as the quarterback, how much does it change your outlook and perception of this game? Uh, it changes it a fair bit because of who Minnesota is. Because this is one of the top run defenses Illinois will face. Uh, because this and is they a, won't do any misdirection with the quarterback. Yes, yes. If if it's Devito, correct. Yes, yes. Correct. Or Sidkowski probably. But correct. They, they will. They will trust that they don't have to. Yes. It eliminates the quarterback draw. It eliminates uh, some plays and yep. where the quarterback winds up with the football. And this is a game where you're going to have to stretch that Minnesota defense. You're going to have to. You know, <laughs> hit that deep middle stuff to Pat Bryant or or someone. I mean, I, I'm assuming with a concussion protocol and such, Isaiah Williams is out. Uh, you know, it's kind of how it sounded, and nothing's definitive. But you know, if that's the case, you're going to have to have Casey Washington, Brian Hightower, and Pat Bryant step up, and you're really going to have to stretch the field. We saw that they didn't want to make any you know deep middle throws kind of thing with Sikowski after he came in on Saturday night. So a lot of stuff was to the wings, you know, the the, the four yard forward pass to Chase Brown coming out of the backfield, or the well, Robert, you know, they didn't have time. Turn. They didn't have time for Sitkowski to throw long either. Yes, I mean, let's give Iowa's defense a little credit. Yep, they yep. were pretty good. Yep. So if if Minnesota does have a similar defense, it's it's a little hard to read their defensive statistics because their first three opponents were so incredibly bad, like. Very, very, very bad. So, you know, when they did face their first real defense uh, in Purdue, they, they, uh, you know, they, they struggled. So, uh, it, it, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see if that defense is that strong. They did, you know, hold Purdue to twenty points, which is well below their average. So, is this a really strong defense, or has it just been the schedule? But to do that, you're gonna have to throw the ball, and uh, you're gonna have to open some stuff up with with Sikowski's arm if it is him. Max Olson put together; it was retweeted by Illinois uh, Illinois Stats. The number one stop rate in the nation—that's stopping drives. It belongs to Minnesota at 85 percent. Number four is Illinois at 81 and a half percent. But but Illinois is the best at fewest points per drive. At point seven four points per drive, while Minnesota's long well, point eight five yards, isn't it? Three point uh, seven yards for, uh, per. I think that's per play. Yeah, or, yeah. But mm-hmm. I'm talking about points per drive. Every time, mm-hmm. yeah, an opponent possesses a ball, the they're scoring point seven four points. Yes. Well, and again, the question there is. I'm looking at Minnesota's schedule right Not now. Not really. New Mexico State, Western Illinois, Colorado, who. Might be worse than Western Illinois. Like Colorado was so so bad right now. Uh, Michigan State, who's now two and four and really struggling, and then Purdue. So the question is: Has has Michigan State faced, uh, or I'm sorry, has Minnesota faced anybody that's you know really going to scare them? Well, what what's behind the ability of the ability of um, 
Purdue to run the football in the fashion that they did. And this is a passing team, mm-hmm. and yet they outrushed Minnesota. Could that be that Purdue was playing with their offhand and they just kind of catch people well, off I mean, guard? Maybe you're maybe you're doing what the other team doesn't expect. That's I, what I mm-hmm. mean. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But still, they should be able to not run that much at Minnesota. Maybe that gives you hope. Yeah. Was that the first game O'Connell was back after the injury? I think it was, wasn't it? I, I can't remember. I, I, I just remember having the thought that maybe they were taking it easy with him a little bit of not trying to make him do everything, uh, ease him back into uh, the offense. But He did come back that game. Yeah. yeah. I th- he was out the previous game. Yeah. And Minnesota yeah. didn't have their running back. Not that yeah, that – Yeah, Ibrahim, yeah. Mm-hmm. So maybe that – plays yeah. off the complimentary side of things. But the strangest thing is, you know, you we have all had these conversations so many times over the last few years, and we've talked through games and situations and seasons, but there's never been this thing we can play at the end of all this discussion that says, of course, what if the Illinois defense just holds them to two field goals? Like, wh- what if this is as simple as this Illinois defense can shut down anyone, they're not getting to the end zone, it doesn't matter if Ibrahim's healthy or not. This they're going to stop the run. What if this is just as simple as can the offense score enough because the defense is only going to give up thirteen or something like that? Because that just might be the case. Now, there's a lot of injuries out there. You know, we don't know about Isaiah Williams. We don't know about Isaac Darkangelo. We don't know about Taz Nicholson. Everybody else. And if it does maybe get to a point where the injury is a little too much and, and some team does score, you know, a lot of points on this defense, but. From what we've seen so far, that's the main trump card that can be played here of, okay, maybe the offense and maybe it's DeVito and maybe it's Sitkowski and maybe Chase Brown could be contained and maybe this. But the biggest you know, the biggest thing we need to probably discuss is how Illinois' defense could have that game where they only allow, what, 10 points, whatever. You know, it's just possible. Well, the encouraging thing defensively is that the people that they have brought in, particularly Jennings at, at cornerback, Really played well. Yeah, I'm not sure Nicholson can beat him out mm. when yep. they when he returns. I mean, I know that they always say. I mean, it may it may be in the process. He's played a lot this year, mm-hmm. and I I haven't paid enough attention to just how much he's been in. But he's been involved. He's special teams guy, and he's he's really good at cornerback. I think. Yeah, he's bigger and stronger. It's amazing. Than, I mean, you were talking about on the playing yesterday uh like you know all these little pieces that they went and got jonah morris Mm -hmm. terrell jennings you know these you you hear that oh illinois landed someone from the transfer portal oh somebody you know transferring down from georgia is it it somebody you know at appalachian state who's ready to try the big 10 it's like no it's a wide receiver from from northern colorado and a cornerback from minnesota state and you're like wait what like where I, division is Minnesota State isn't that the team from the TV show Coach you know mm-hmm. like there were all these discussions and now these guys well look what they did on Saturday night you know Rello had a huge game and and Morris had that huge catch so uh, it's an interesting way they went about the portal uh, bowl eligibility on the line are you uh, getting ready for a mayonnaise bath or anything like that if uh, Illinois uh, clinches a bowl berth. This will be a really strange answer for me because I obsess over bowl eligibility season after season after season. Uh, I'm not. I haven't really thought about it this it week. It doesn't feel like something you should think about. It feels it's an inevitability at this point when you're five and one. This doesn't feel like you know. Look, they were six and zero oh in 2011, and that's what last time they were ranked. But had a couple very very close wins that were kind of barely wins at the time, and the two 
Big Ten games they won were Indiana and Northwestern, who were both bad that year. So that was kind of schedule. You know, that you played your two worst Big Ten opponents in your first two games, and you played four winnable. You know, Arizona State looked like it was a tough opponent. They were ranked 24 at the time. They finished that season five and seven. So, you know, and you had them at home. Yes, and you had them at home and everything else. So you 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 survived those four non-conference games, and you beat the two worst teams on your Big Ten schedule, and then you had to face everyone, and you lost all six games. So this doesn't feel like that. So I haven't really even thought about it because they're going to get a, you know, obviously they're going to get that sixth win somewhere along the line down there. And then the question is seven, eight, nine. Robert Rosenthal writes at IlliniBoard.com. He's on Twitter at IlliniI. And we will see you Saturday morning, Illinois and Minnesota. You wait till Fridays for predictions, right? That's right. That's uh, right. I, right. I, so, Friday night. I can't even. Can you predict what you'll predict? I Is cannot. That... I cannot. <laughs> just just depends on where my feelings are around 11 p.m. on Friday night. In the words of Brett Bilma to uh, Joey Wagner, who asked to, for clarification on the who the starting quarterback is. Nice try. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And by the way, the, the spread has gone from four to six. Is that right? Six yeah. And... I saw six and a half yesterday. Yeah, six and so. a half. Yeah. I, yeah. I just. Uh, Wonder if that's all based on quarterback. Could be, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, that quote from Bielma on Monday of just, you know, we got these, I think he said four or five guys. They're not season ending. And, you know, we have a bye week coming up and, you know, we're hoping to get them all back by Nebraska or whatever. You know, the way he worded that, just saying, like, none of these are going to be long term injuries, I think. A lot of people were like, okay, that probably means all five of these guys, including DeVito, are out. And if you don't have DeVito and you don't have Dark Angelo and you don't have Isaiah Williams and you don't have a starting cornerback, you know, maybe this is, a, you know, one of those games where there's just too many injuries. We are back with more Sports Talk. Thanks much, Robert. Thank you. Back after this. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. Hi, this is Lacey Braymeyer from Pipsy Volleyball. It's an early start for Illini football this week as they battle Minnesota at Memorial Stadium. Illini Game Day starts at 9, right here on News Talk 1493.9 FM. We continue on Sports Talk here in the first hour of the program. Thanks to Robert Rosenthal for joining us. I'm Scott Beatty and Lauren Tate. Next hour, Evan Kahn is in. And we're looking forward to talking with Joe Madden. Yes, that Joe Madden, former Chicago Cubs manager, recent Angels manager. He has a new book out, The Book of Joe. So we will talk to uh, Joe. you got any questions for Joe Madden? Well, I would have to think about it. I I mean, um, maybe what happened, Yeah, that would be the biggest question. I mean, you had a really strong team that was relatively young with a nucleus of great players who were in their peak how could it only happen once mm-hmm. or how to not so much that how how what happened that they, they're not all with them anymore yep. and they're still at, you know at the relative peak i mean rizzo's getting a little older but uh, you know the others are pretty much i'm not saying they're uh, great players but they were they were that year i know the answer my question to the, my question which would be how can you have Two generational players on a roster in and the Angels in Trout and Otani and not win more. Oh, well, the answer really, is baseball's hard and you have well, to have other the, players. The answer is really easy. When you come up to bat, you only bat once out of yep. every nine. You got eight yep. other guys, and if you got two good players, you got seven other guys making outs. I guess that would be it, wouldn't it? Yep. I mean, you can. It takes numbers in baseball. Yep. Uh, apparently today over in Iowa, Brian Ferens 
the offensive coordinator was asked why not make a change at quarterback to to whoever their backup is, and he he kind of got into an exchange, not heated, but you know, kind of pushed back on 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 the reporter saying why should I make a change and and. Um, I, that's an impossible question to answer, but the, well, it's the, the reporter's the, not seeing practice every day. He is, and he's made a judgment. Plus, yeah. he's supported by his dad. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, he should be supported but, by the head coach either way. But here's the situation: Why doesn't Barta go right to Kirk Ferentz and say, "Look, for the second year in a row, our offense is terrible. We're the worst team out of 131 in production." Can't you make a change here in some fashion? Somebody else's offensive coordinator? Did you know that Barta is, on paper, he is the offensive coordinator's supervisor. The athletic director supervises Brian Ferentz, at least on paper, because of nepotism rules within the university no and kidding. in the state of Iowa. That's, I had never heard that. Yeah. Now, I don't know if that was the same here when, when um, you know, Lovey Smith had Miles. I don't even know, for that matter, if Brad Underwood well, is officially the supervisor of Tyler Underwood. Clearly to me, Kirk Ferentz is stronger than the athletic director. If he wasn't, there isn't another athletic director who wouldn't step in if he was strong enough and say, look, we don't want, we want you to be our head coach, but you've got to do something about the the offense, which particularly when it's your son. I mean, Kirk's not seeing it straight. Nope, and he's also been there 24 years, and my sense of Kirk Ferentz is um, that he has a bit of blinders on in terms of he's all football, but not hyper-aware of the rancor around him. Maybe that's blissful for him. Oh, he must know. But some are more in tune than others. I think some have a way of kind of just putting their head down. But the whole idea in naming him offensive coordinator along the way was that he would succeed his dad as head coach. That was what Kirk wanted. And it's not going to happen unless he, unless he becomes athletic director. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that could happen. Uh, sports talk here on a Wednesday. We're glad you're with us. Uh, Keith Randolph been a key piece of this Illini defense. He's a star at the pro level, it seems, in the making. This defensive statistic this defense statistically is so good did he see it coming definitely um just how guys worked in the summer um in the spring uh in the winter just all the hard work that people have been doing is starting to you know show has that hard work felt different than the hard work that you've put in in years past um a little bit uh i feel like the work's always been there just the mentality of it all so i feel like people came you know doing hard work with the right mentality so you mix those two you know, you have success. How much pride are you guys taking in not just the wins in the top 25 ranking, but the statistical rankings that the defense is in right now? We're just out there playing football, having fun, playing defense. You know, um, you know, like all those statistics and stuff, it's, you know, it's cool and all, and you sit down and look at it, but we really don't, you know, worry about that that much. You know, our goal is just to, you know, like good defense. So. You've been a part of a lot of football here. When you saw that ranking come across, did you have any, I know it doesn't matter in the big picture for you, but did you have any just initial reactions kind of knowing the, the route it took to get here? Yeah, um, it was really cool. Um, it was really cool to see that. You know, it was my fourth year here, and uh, you know, we haven't been ranked. Um, and to see that uh, number by our name, you know, it meant a lot, you know, but that shows, uh, you know, it's really just the beginning of where we're trying to go. So. 
That's Keith Randolph talking about this great defense being ranked and all that. By the way, some of the notable celebrities returning this week for Illinois' football game, both Jeff George and Jeff George Jr. will be here, and former Illini offensive lineman Jeff Allen coming back for the homecoming game as well. He had a career in the— you know who's going to be the captain? I do not. Is it you? Nope. (laughs) I don't know. I think one of these days it ought to be you. Oh, no. What do you think your fire them up speech would be? <laughs> How would you fire up this team? I think they're plenty fired up. I'm not sure. I would kind of, well, guys, keep doing what you're doing on defense. <laughs> uh, Stay I, I healthy. My coaching ended a long time ago when I had Lonnie Perrin on my basketball team. We were playing the Chicago Bears. We had a, all, all athletes from Illinois playing the Bears, and Lonnie got in a fight with one of the Bears in, a, in the middle of the basketball. And I says, Lonnie, come over here and sit down with me. He says, I'm not coming out. I said, okay, Lonnie, you stay in. <laughs> <laughs> that was that rough, authoritative. He wasn't, wasn't going to pay attention to me. He wanted to get back in there and get a, a few more licks in. Vince Lombardi had nothing on you, Lauren. <laughs> back. Into my coaching. <laughs> back after this. <laughs> You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. Hi, this is Siddish Schlickman from GCMS Tennis. It's a Wednesday match this week for Illini Volleyball as they take on Rutgers at Huff and right here on News Talk 1493.9 FM. First hour of Sports Talk almost in the books. Chicago Bulls tweeted it out. It was said as much as well. Iodesuma will be the starting point guard. That's really a, it's, it's a great opportunity for him because he's going to be tested. Uh, it's a bit of a revamped offense, they're saying. Mm-hmm. And he acknowledged that Billy Donovan wants fewer turnovers, but they have to keep up the pace. And he's hit six out of ten threes. He's shooting the three okay. Yeah, he's really become... You know, it goes back to what we've always talked about with Travis, too, when he comes on to talk about the NBA. And by the way, Travis, if you're listening, well, I'll get you on here soon. <laughs> the NBA season's almost happening. But you got to shoot. And most NBA players can shoot the three pretty well well if you can't shoot they'll back off from you and you can't have that you got to make them guard you yeah so good luck to Io DeSumo again I feel the NBA season starts too early but nobody asked me but I'm still telling you what I think which is kind of what we do here on Sports Talk isn't it Lauren (laughs) Uh, tomorrow we're slated to talk to Coach Q for our Q&A you got to see Illinois up close and personal this past weekend, so we'll get his thoughts on the Illini and the rest of the Big Ten. Some big games, Penn State and Ohio State. I don't think we're going to know. Michigan. I don't think we're going to know about that quarterback situation until real late. Do you? I think it's going to be a game time decision. I mean, even if it wasn't, I think that I think that uh, Bielma would like to make it a game time decision just to keep Minnesota guessing. You're following what's going on here. That's for sure. Thank you, sir. WDWS.